You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. Damn. You're listening to the After <laughs> Welcome to After Buzz TV. I'm your host, Fallon Mercedes, with my lovely co-host. We have a special co-host in the building, Mr. Trey Elliott. Say hi. What's up, everybody? What's up? And I'm Megan Thomas at MegScoop on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm sorry, I apologize in advance for the horse in my throat. You still sound good. Thank I you. Do so. I sound raspy? Do I sound like I can sing? You do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. This time you Jeez. actually sound like you can sing. But I'd probably be in the bass section yeah, of the alto, church. Tenor. Low. Tenor. Yeah. Not bass. Ten- nah. I feel like I should be bass. Why? Swing low, sweet chair. How about we just sit you down? <laughs> yeah. All right, Trey, where can they find you at online? Uh, comic Trey Elliott on uh, Twitter and um, Facebook, Comedian Trey Elliott. And uh, yeah. So. So you're pretty funny, I hear. Yeah, I tell a couple of jokes. I, I want to hear, like like we said before the show, I want to hear a church joke. Yeah. So, so get oh, it ready. Uh, okay, yeah. Throughout the, <laughs> the show, I'll come up with something clever for y'all. Okay. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Fit with Fallon. Again, this is the after show for Preachers of LA, season yeah. one, episode number five. And this one is Perspectives and Priorities. What did you guys think of this episode? It was cool. I did notice some stuff that I hadn't noticed before. Oh, so we're going to talk about that yes. later. And, and Trey, are you a fan of the show? Have you been watching other episodes? Um, Tell you us know, what you think of it. Well, I saw the previews uh, and I checked the show out tonight. And, I, you know, I think it's pretty entertaining. Um, you know, I have my opinion on, on, on a few things about this show. But, uh, you know, it's cool. You know, yeah. And are you a Christian or are, are you of any other faith? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm spiritual, yeah. you know what I mean? But just the fact that I was raised, you know, a Christian. You that know. mean you don't go to church? I, you know what, man? That, I, 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 Cause you know how people you. say that, right? Yeah. They'd be like, I'm just spiritual. I don't go to church. No, but I go to church. <laughs> okay. You, you know. go to one church, right? Yeah, I go to one Shout church. Shout out to one church. Uh, whenever I, yeah, yeah, what's up, Torrey? But I go, <laughs> you know, Bible study. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right, so let's jump into it. Yes. Um, on this episode, we see a big Fourth of July celebration mm. done at Bishop Jones' house, mm-hmm. and Mrs. Jones was the <laughs> caterer for the event, which I thought was interesting because we've seen him through other episodes, kind of like not shun her, but like he he makes it known that that's not the woman. But in this episode, it looks like she's the woman of the house right, running things right. and we've seen a couple people in the episode actually say it as well right do you guys think that she should have planned the fourth of july party yeah why not i, I didn't see anything uh wrong with it and she's just being a woman that's, that's what women do so i think you know she cooked 
I mean, she she did what she was supposed to do. I mean, that's the woman that he's he's dating. So yes. why not? Well, he said he's not dating her. That's the issue. He says they're just friends. I mean, we know how that go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> preacher, think, no preacher. Exactly. I think this was her way of showing everybody, yeah, we may be friends, but I'm that special friend that runs things. Yeah. And it was clearly shown when she was catering to everybody and making sure everybody was good. But it was also interesting to see that she was a little worried about right. having, you know, um, Maisha over, having Lady Lavette, because at the tea party, both of them were kind of in her face, like, you know, what's going on with you and Bishop Jones? Right. Are you guys planning on to get married? So she was worried that she was going to be questioned by them again as she was was, again they approached her and was like you know what's what's going on and i love lady levette because again she always knows how to say things but in a a sweet way you know but she kind of gave it to her like you know i knew your merchandise was good that's what she said before but now i know that your merchandise is superb and she was referring to her cooking skills trey you're a man can a woman win your heart by the way she cooks yeah, that's uh, a lot of it, but it's more than that. I mean, she has to be bad and can cook. You know, she just can't cook and, and not be attractive. But mm-hmm. food is definitely a what way. What if she's attractive to? Man, then that's a that's a that's a plus. That's a double plus. Like if you look good and can cook, then you know you you can roll. Would you Would you wait sixteen years to marry this woman? Um, if she looked good and she could cook, and she been riding with you for that long. You know what? It it depends on what's going on. I mean, you know how look. You know, black people wait all. all you know, we we wait twenty five years and right. date you for that long, and then you know. But it just depends. What you know, he realized he has other issues going on, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to you know jump into something and then it, it doesn't work. So, right. as a man should do, and just like a woman should do, we got to get ourselves right first before we just jump in and try to help somebody else get you know, which is ironic for him because he's a preacher yeah and it it is ironic because he helps other people out and gives them guidance Mm -hmm. and mentors them and yet he still has a lot of issues that he hasn't worked out um I love Bishop Ron Gibson because well, he got on that, he, them keys and like he yes. said he slayed it. Yo. And it was funny because Dietrich kind of seemed a little jealous. Like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm the gospel singer here. Right, right. Well, you and, was you was there beforehand. You should have been got on the piano. Exactly. Dietrich. And Gibson was just playing away and singing. Right. But what was also interesting was Bishop Gibson kind of, you know, told Jones, you know mm-hmm. what, that is a fine woman you have up there that you should marry. So let's Let's play some pool and whoever wins will get to decide, I guess, the fate. So Gibson was saying if he wins, Jones has to marry um, Loretta. Loretta. And if he loses, I guess he didn't have to He gets to stay a bachelor. Yeah, he gets to stay a bachelor. I'm sorry, sir. If he ain't want to marry Loretta in 16 years, it's not going to happen over a pool game. The pool ain't going to do nothing. It's true. I think Ron got a crush on Loretta. Right. That's what I was saying. You don't look too hard. That fine woman upstairs, she looked good. You know what it is? I'm like, whoa. I think Ron, he knows how to appreciate a good woman. And I feel like he sees 
this woman who has been good to him, who mm. appreciates him, who can cook, who has been by his side for all these years. You know, he feels like, and we see him, Ron, love his wife. He knows that this woman wants love and needs love and should be loved. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that he wants his fellow pastor to to be loved as well and to let love in because, you know, I'm pretty sure he feels and how I feel that love is one of the greatest things. God is. is love, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But. Did you, and I want to say this, did y'all notice when they were playing pool that Bishop Jones had a red lipstick mark on his face? He had it for most of the, for and pretty who had much red lipstick on? That's what I was looking at. I had to watch it twice Ooh. and I couldn't see anybody. Loretta had on like a pale pink, so it wasn't her. Uh, Somebody else was kissing Bishop, Bishop Jones on his cheek. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. You wouldn't kiss your pastor on his cheek? Not with that big old red lipstick, I wouldn't. <laughs> if you had a sure different wouldn't. color. Sure wouldn't. Something about the color red. I don't know. Uh, it might have been his mama or somebody. I don't know. I'm going to have hope. to replay the footage mm-hmm, and girl, see who you'll has see. I was like, can somebody wipe that off his face? Because it was on there for a minute. It was on there for a minute. Um, so they played the game pool and Bishop Jones lost and it, he kind of seemed a little hesitant. He kind of seemed a little scared that the pressure was on. And then after the 4th of July, everybody had a good time. Um, Loretta wants to speak to Bishop Jones and was just kind of like, you know, they keep on questioning me. They keep on asking me. Everybody wants to know what is going on with us. And I think at that point, Jones is just like, you know what? I need help. I need to seek or speak to somebody to help me figure out what I want because he knows that he needs to make a move. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. And it seems like he really does care about her. And what I love is that he also cares about her feelings. Right? Maybe Mm -hmm. he's not stepping up as a man the way he should, but at least he cares about her feelings where he doesn't want to continue hurting her. Right. And she even says to him, you're commitment phobic. Like you are afraid of him. And he agrees with her. He's like, you're right. I think after 16 years of quote unquote dating and befriending a woman, there is some commitment phobia well, there. Well, well here's the thing, you know, what you got to remember is that uh, she pursued him. And right. So, but that, he, so that's, that's strike problem. one. Right, right, right. You know what and I mean? And why is that strike one for a lot of ladies out there? Uh, because a man don't, it's cool to pursue us, but I mean, we like to be the, the predator. You like to be the chooser, not we, the chosen. Right, 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 right. Because now don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, trying to get chosen. I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm, and I'm sure Loretta and, and and Bishop Jones they didn't they didn't did they little something. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So so you am I able to say that? Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, okay. They fornicated. They, I they, believe they, they I'm have. I'm sure they done got it in. See, that's that's the 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 pleasure and in, in, in the good part about a woman pursuing a man is that okay? We know she ain't on no bull. So you know. Things could kind of speed up in that other area. Oh, you know what I mean? But sure, slow down. 16 years of waiting. But he, you know, yo, yo at the end of the day, that man got to pursue her. Yeah. And I think that's what he tries to say. You know, he obviously, that's why in a way, I kind of don't feel bad for Loretta. I mean. She could leave. That's what I'm yeah. saying. She has the option to leave if a man, you know, this isn't new. This has been going on for years. Yeah. Would y'all if, wait 16 years? No, no. I wouldn't wait too. Exactly. I wouldn't. I'm sorry, because I, I feel I like wouldn't, it, I wouldn't wait at this six months. This point, well, they're, you're either, they're you're old. Either, they're out. older. They're older. Okay. Yeah, you're Bishop right. Jones is in his sixties. Like she's probably she looks really good. She might be what late forties or something. Mm, yeah, so, she's pretty. Too. So, that's what I'm saying. So she looks really good for her age, and I'm sure she's older than what she looks. Yeah. So she's probably late forties. She might even be in her fifties. Either way, this woman has wasted sixteen years of her yeah. life. 
with she, a man who does not her. want to marry her. Yeah. That's that, exactly. Her. I can't even be mad at him for that. There's a scripture in the Bible. I apologize. I didn't bring my scriptures today. Oh, damn, but man. somewhere in it, it says that a man is supposed to leave his parents' home and find a woman and oh, marry her. Girl. Yeah. And to me, that scripture speaks of volumes. Mm. And it's basically saying what we're talking about right now. The man is supposed to find his wife. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say women leave your parents home and go get your man. I do, I do believe if you're interested in a man, you should let him know, but there's a difference with the pursuing. Mm -hmm. I think the man should be the chaser and it goes back to, you know, the old age times when men are the hunters, they go out and get the food and the women are the nurturers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you, you you take that away from the man. I feel like it's taking their manhood away. Right. Then it's part of their purpose. Yeah. yeah. And right. then you get stuck into situations like this where you know you're not moving forward and you're not getting that ring and you're not really getting what you want in a relationship. Let this be a lesson, ladies. Don't yeah. be pursuing these men like this, expecting something to change. Yeah. But I feel like you know you should have a time frame. You should be like, you know what? I'm a, maybe it's okay if you want to be there for a little bit just to yeah. let him know you're available, but. After a f- you got to put a time limit on, you got to yeah. put a cap but on that. What, and when that cap comes, you got to leave. At least he's being honest, yeah. right? So That's why I said I can't fall. I mean, so you can't him. you can't fall him. He's he's keeping it one. It's just <laughs> hey, she you know she hooked on something. You know, I but know. I will say this: when he goes, he does say something about that with the therapist. He mm-hmm. says that you know she pursued me, yeah, and that you know I wasn't the one pursuing her, and I didn't I wasn't the one that you know hooked her like whatever she wants she gets yeah and the therapist says to him well you responded though exactly so he's not completely blameless in this situation because I feel like if he if he I feel like when you know better you do better exactly. if you know you don't like this woman you don't want to marry Guilty her by association kind right. of the same thing you, you got, know what you're right. doing right you got to step back from her a little bit and say, okay, I know I get it and I don't want to be with her, but I, that means I got to limit my communication mm-hmm. with this woman so she gets it. Yeah. See, you and want his cake and eat it too. He definitely mm. does. And the therapist, Dr. Bryant Davis, um, I loved her. She was blunt. Yes. She was just like, no, Bishop Jones, this is your problem. And he basically said, she basically said to her, him, um, you deal with every woman like it's your mom. You're mm. treating every woman in your life like it's your mom. They're all not gonna leave you so you need to because when he was younger mm-hmm. he explained that um he had to go back to jamaica was it yeah, yeah his yeah. mom dropped him off with so, his grandmother. and that's similar in in my family my grandmother had to do the same thing when you are from a different country and you want to make a better life for your children usually one of the parents has to go and majority of the times the father's not even in the life so mm-hmm. the mom leaves to go get the green card uh, or the visa and right. the child has to stay with the grandparents and then the child ends up feeling a abandonment and what they do is they carry that with them throughout the years and even my father very similar to bishop jones in the sense that he's a workaholic and he he was just like him and and bishop jones explained i work so much maybe because i don't want to let anybody in right right and i think that is the case he let his first wife in but worked so much, probably didn't let her all the way in. That hurt their marriage. And he said, well, she left me or this didn't work out. I'm not going to do that again. But he doesn't really, I guess, he doesn't he doesn't man up and see his own problems, what he mm. did. And that's, you know, 
I understand as a man, you have to provide for your family, but I think there's a thin line. Like you have to balance. You have to provide for your family. But, you know, at the end of the day, when everything is gone, when you're, you know, Bishop Jones, he's sick. When he's on, you know, in the hospital or something tragic happens to him, you know, his money, his Ferraris, all that stuff isn't going to be there for him. It's going to be the woman he loves. And and that's the thing. Um, it's funny you say that because a friend of mine, we were talking and, you know, talking about, you know, a single man having a lot of women. And he was saying, you know, my uncle put me to the side and he said his uncle was a big time player and got sick. And when he got sick and was in the hospital, no, he had no one to come to his bedside. Right. You know what I mean? Because he just had miscellaneous women mm-hmm. but no one no one that was special right so at the end of the day yeah i think that's what we we do want you know what i mean we want if we're you know in that bed or sick or you know or whatever we want that one lady you know particular person right so. and i think it's like crazy to say if you think about it uh bishop jones said from what seven to 17 he didn't really see his mother because he mm-hmm. was in Jamaica with his grandmother. Mm-hmm. He has carried that on to his 60s. That's yeah, like that's what, crazy. 40, 50 years that later. Crazy. It has taken him that long to recognize his problem. Mm-hmm. Think about how life, his, his life could have been so different. And he could have made so many different changes if he had recognized this mm-hmm. earlier. You know what I think? And maybe you, you guys may not agree, but I think when men have a lot of money, it it's a good thing, but it's it also can be a very bad thing because they never really get to look at themselves. Right. I feel like when you don't have a lot of money, that's when you can really look at yourself and observe and and see what's going on. I don't know. I feel like you see a lot of men with a lot of money who are players, who are bachelors, mm. but ones that are not as well off, they usually choose to settle down sooner in life because I feel like... somebody to help us out. You pay half these bills. Right. I love you. <laughs> you know. Well, I think it's more than that. I feel like they see things the way it really is. Right. Well, let me tell you this. Um, it depends on how that man became wealthy, how long it took him to get wealthy. It depends on what he had to do. You know, you have men who, who started from nothing and worked their way up. They don't have, I don't think they really have those issues. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But, but it just depends, you know, the easier you get it, then yeah, the, the, the less probably you, you're not going to know who you are. Like you got these athletes that, that are 19, 20 that become millionaires. They don't know who they are at 19 or 20. So they easy, so they can get lost. But when Mm -hmm. you have somebody that gradually took that progression, you know what I'm saying? Then, then, you know, they, that ain't, they, they know who they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's. Hey. Dr. Brian, um, she explained to Bishop no- Jones, you know, I think that you should take some time off away from Loretta and figure out what it is that you want. Hello. <laughs> I mean, that that's probably about 15 years late. And it was it was yeah. interesting to see his response. He's like to go without talking a day without talking to Loretta. To me, that means they must be pretty close. That's what I'm saying. Like. He doesn't come on that they're that close, but they must be very, very close if he's thinking how challenging it will be not mm-hmm. talking to her. And it was very interesting also to see him like tear up and get emotional. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen him as being an right. emotional guy. Yeah. We see him as this very like strong, professional, outgoing, not very emotional. So for him to get teary eyed, yeah. he really does have an issue. 
Yeah, I mean it's real. I mean we we you know we just not walking around making up things. I'm sure he he. <laughs> right. I mean especially an issue like that. You know. Right. I mean it's hard. You know. So it's something he really has to deal with. I'm sure if he didn't have that issue, I mean. Loretta would be somebody he probably would want to marry, but right, this man yeah. has been married already. Yeah. I don't, we don't know. I'm not sure if he was hurt in that last relationship <laughs> mm-hmm. or what, but once you get hurt one time as a man, right? Shh, we don't want to get hurt twice. You know, I, this really <coughs> bothers me. I feel like men, I don't know. Maybe there needs to be more ministry for men to teach them how to love to open up to let their yeah. guard down like i think with women we're more compassionate it's in our dna but i feel like so many men are missing out on what life is really about because they don't want to open up and love my yeah. my younger brother he's only 23 years old and he just got married this summer and it was just such a blessing mm. and i had sat Correct. down and talked to him before he got married and i said you know i can't believe you're my little brother you're <laughs> you're only 23 and right. you're about to get married and his response to me was, you know, men nowadays, they're just extending adolescence. They're they're getting married at 35. He was like, back in the day, you became a man when you were like 16. Right. And I that was just so much wisdom from him. And I'm like, this is so true. Men, they just extend adolescence. They want to have fun. They right. don't want to take responsibility. And it's just like I he's very well grounded in the church. And I feel like a lot a lot of men need more mentors they need and you know and bishop jones he's he's great but maybe he needs a mentor somebody to right like uh, bishop gibson bishop gibson is his homeboy that he talks to but i just think that it also has to do with you know as you can tell um from from the story that bishop jones tells his his father wasn't in the picture either so i think when a man doesn't have his father it's that much harder to understand a man's role, a husband's role, yeah. a father's role. I mean, it's not impossible, but I think you have to go above and beyond mm-hmm. what a boy with that grows up with a father yeah. has to learn or, or grows up, you know, with it. But it's crazy to me mom. that he still carries this and he doesn't know the roles when he is a father, you know, has children mm-hmm. and he's a leader of he's his church. How can you be a leader to other men when you're... You're missing pieces of being a man. But it's just like, you know, you always can get that advice, give the advice, but it's hard for you to listen to your and own. I think, I think that's probably the case. And with I mean, as a man, you know, like I didn't grow up with my father. I mean, I had a stepfather, but he was a provider. He wasn't a, a father. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had a relationship with my real dad, you know, but I just didn't have that every day. You know, whatever. So I learned how to I'm still learning how to be a man. Right. And, and I'm 30, 33. And but the thing about it. Uh, that's that's the thing. It's hard for men to be men now because we have to look at how the women are acting as well. A lot of women don't allow a man to be a man, or it's, it's just a lot of conflict with the whole men and women. So it's like right. the times have changed. It's not nineteen thirty eight anymore. You know what I mean? So right. I think women can take some of the blame, but I I feel like for your own personal actions, everyone is accountable for their own. I think people use. I think when you become an adult, you can only carry your hurts for so long as excuses. I feel like a lot of people will use those things that they, you know, when they were hurt when they were a child as crutches to carry them on in adulthood so they don't have to take responsibility. And I feel like, you know, people have been in abusive relationships. 
you know, and or they've seen their parents abuse other women. I don't think that's an excuse. So they can go and hit other women. Right. You know, I think that's a crutch if they do. And they say, oh, well, I seen this. I feel like if you know better, you do better. Right. So I have a question then for you guys. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, of course, he talks to Loretta and he tells her that they should take some time apart. What do you think? Do you think he did the right thing? By telling Loretta, like, hey, we need to take some time Oh, yeah. No, I thought that was very grown of him. And a part of me feels like he wanted to take some time apart. No, he did. When he he talked to the therapist, he said that. He's like, I know I need to take me whole. Yeah. I want to go through this process and be whole. So I feel like, yeah, he he knew he wanted to do Yes. And I think he needed kind of a good excuse to <laughs> right. my mm. therapist said that mm. we should take some time apart but I think it was good because I feel like he really did to kind of see where he is really at in life and what needs to be done because I just feel like he's he's leading her on he's leading himself on in a right. way and it's just something you want to say something I just think you know taking breaks or whatever it's it's, it's practicing uh, uh, divorce or practicing all that like you know either you know what you want or you don't Yeah, you know what I mean like time apart for what he knows if he want that woman that's what I'm not. saying I don't think he really wants to be with her no. I think this is the excuse of that he's, that so he's just like to I took to some time up. to think about it and mm-hmm. I just feel like we're not compatible I feel like that's what it's gonna lead up to yeah he had said do I want to take a chance of ruining a marvelous friendship with a marriage and I just feel like that's an excuse it is you don't want to be with her Bishop Jones yeah. that's it Yep. Let us know what you think on iTunes. <laughs> Subscribe to our podcast. And I apologize again for being hoarse. And you might hear me sucking on this throat lozenge. I'm not <laughs> smacking my teeth, I promise. But make sure you subscribe to Preachers of LA After Buzz podcast on iTunes. Make sure you tell your friends, give us five stars because we need them. Hey. Five and feel free to comment because we like to comment. We, we like to read people's comments. Do we have a comment? Yes, we do. We have a YouTube yeah. comment, right? Yes, we have a couple YouTube comments. Yay. Um, last week on our after show, I just kind of gave my opinion and I was like, you know, to me, something just seems suspicious where Dietrich and Dominique, their wedding was only four weeks away and yet they ran off and got hitched right it just didn't seem right my assumption she's pregnant and they don't want to tell anybody so some of our fans um agree uh stars avita says i believe you fallon i think something happened so they had to get married quickly um Ron Prince said, I love the review. Thank you, Ron. And he says, I agree, Fallon. I believe that Dietrich and his wife did get a quick wedding because she's pregnant. But I love them both and wish them well. So you guys out there, we love you guys commenting, rating, and subscribing to us. And then also, uh, Miss Suzuki said that the minister Nissan, who um, officiated the wedding, was actually from making of the band. And he was. I remember him. I think he was a drummer or something. Yeah. I think. I can't remember. That's funny. A good eye out there. But yeah, we, we love the comments. We love you guys chiming in. Um, it's just interesting to see and hear what you guys think of the show, too. Well, let's talk about Dietrich and, and Dominique then, since we're on that tip. So Dietrich and Dominique, they ran off and got married in Faye's backyard, and they are officially with their string rings, mm-hmm. husband and wife. Right. Um, so Dietrich said that he got booked to perform at Essence Festival, mm-hmm. and he said it was a great way to go to New Orleans and to have like a little honeymoon with his new wife. Um, so they traveled down there, and uh, Bishop Jones was down there too, um, preaching Preach. at the 
Essence Festival. So they had met up, and Dietrich said he wasn't going to tell anyone, but he did tell Bishop Jones, hey, we got married. And Jones thought it was a great thing. He was like, you know, it just right. lines up what you were already trying to do. And then Dietrich was kind of in favor of Bishop Jones. Like, why is everybody on your back right. trying to pressure you to marry Loretta? Right. And it's funny because he does say that about Ron Gibson. He says, you know, why is Gibson all in your business? And I'm not going to lie. Bishop Gibson, you were all in yeah, the business. Yeah. He was. He was. Like, that's completely. why I love him, though. That's why I love Girl, him. Girl, that's messy. <laughs> no. He's, it's messy, but Something he does him. it in a right way. It's He's it's, messy in a right way? It's, it's different <laughs> to be in somebody's business that's dirty. You know, mm-hmm. like throwing somebody on the bus, mm-hmm. under the bus, or gossiping. But he's just trying to help Jones man, do the right thing. Something about Ron, man. I don't know, man. I'm not a true believer. I'm questionable about <laughs> I like Ron. I'll say that. But I, I do. Um, I think it's funny about uh, Dietrich and Dominique when they get to the hotel room. <laughs> and he's like, let's take a shower together. Together. We're husband and wife. <laughs> and she's like, hold on. I'm a black girl. I got to <laughs> I gotta wrap this hair first. And he is so hilarious acting like he, he didn't know her hair wasn't real. He was yeah. like, oh, you're going to take a tooth out too? I'm just like Dietrich. That was, uh, that was funny. <laughs> That's that was real funny. though. Black girl, you can't just be like, jump in the shower. I mean, this is wash and wavy. But on the days that it's straight, no, no, no. Yeah. I got to slip that down. Wrap, yeah. All that to it. Right. I think it must feel good for them to finally be out and about and not have to get dropped off at home and be able to just love each other the right. way they want to love each other. So even though I don't agree that they're hiding something from us, I do um, agree that, you know, they got married and they're doing the right thing and they're right. happy. So it's and nice I, to see them. And I will say last week, I, I was like, no, Dominique is not pregnant. I don't know what you're talking about. Fallon. You're crazy. This episode, I watched so closely to her belly. The girl's pregnant. I'm sorry. Yes. In the tan dress when they're walking, you see a little bump in the peach salmon dress. That's what I saw. Like Did you, you could you could see I she got a little that. bump there. She's trying to hide it yes. with like a, a little jacket and a bag. Or, yep. And then when she sits down to talk to her mom, Miss Faye, she like takes her bag and like deliberately moves it in front of her stomach. I'm sorry, baby. I think you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dominique. Yep. So what do you think about him going back to preaching? Do you think um you think that that was cool about what his dad did? Because of the first quote-unquote scandal. I respect his father. And this I'll say because we see these bishops, you know, like we're talking about um, Bishop Jones where, I mean, his situation's a little different. But, you know, he's with this woman for 16 years. It's kind of not fair. And I think as a preacher, you shouldn't be leading people on. You should be doing your best that you can. And I think it was right of his father to Mm -hmm. be like, no, if you're not living accordingly, you shouldn't be preaching. But what I don't understand is, okay, you're trying to do the right thing. You don't want to preach when you're doing the wrong thing. But isn't being a gospel singer and ministering through your gospel? your song isn't the same thing as preaching right it is it's just a different form so i I don't think he's wrong in saying that this is what god has him doing in this time which is just you know preaching Mm -hmm. the gospel through through song um and i also i'll respect what his father said you know um about making him step down because if you think about it dietrich wasn't fully divorced yet when 
Dominique got pregnant. So that's just wow. so messy in itself. So you're still married to somebody else. You got another girl knocked up. You know, it's just so much going on. So I think his father was like, you know, just to keep the negativity away from the church because that comes with a lot of stuff. People yeah. start leaving the church. People start doubting God because they yeah. see this quote unquote man of God that they have put on a pedestal mm-hmm. sinning. And guess what? I mean, nobody's free, free from sin. Like That's you're going to sin say, even, yeah. even when you're a preacher. Yeah. But there's some people who don't understand that. So for those people, mm-hmm. you have to make it clear. You gotta and you got you got you got you can't be a stumbling block for people who don't understand. I remember growing up in the church and um, they had called me to be like a, a, a <laughs> ward missionary. I had to help out with the missionaries and at that time I was doing things that I wasn't supposed to do and I told myself I was like I cannot be preaching to people girl you was going around with the little Gideon Bible (laughs) hitting people what was you doing what was you doing as a missionary we we were going to people's homes members who you know were broken who needed Mm. um, Bible study and praying oh that's so cute yeah so but I took it so seriously I was like I cannot do this so I really started trying to obey the commandments I stopped doing what I was doing I was waking up Every single day, reading my Bible, I was praying wholeheartedly every single day. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, that point in my life, I never felt so close to God. Right. I got an answer to a prayer, and I never experienced that before, ever in my life. And I know it was because I was trying my best to walk in the light. And I feel like... Anybody who is, you know, trying to guide other people, they should be doing that. Right. And I feel like his dad was right. I feel like Dietrich needs to be walking completely whole if he wants to guide other people. Well, the closer you come to God, the more challenges. The more right. Oh, yes. Try so, I mean, as human, you know, we're going going to fail at times. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I kind of think it was a good decision, yeah. too. But when he comes back to preach, I think he needs to address it. Like, look, I know I messed up before, yeah. but I'm back. And, you know. Right. And I think that's what he's trying to do. He said, yeah. you know, I want people to, to get to a place of trusting me again. Mm-hmm. Now I'm married. You know, we have a family. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just waiting. And I think the next step of his his life and his mature his spiritual maturity will take him back to preaching. Yeah. I like the, I like the guy. I like I like. Yeah. The couple. I like them together. I, think I do, pretty, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they were in New Orleans, uh, walking the streets, oh. they noticed a homeless woman who had her feet up and they were swollen, but she had a sign, um, and it basically had John 14 on it. Do you have that? Scripture? John 316. John 316. Do you have that scripture? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. <laughs> Dietrich felt like he should go over to her and he felt compelled to pray for her. Right. And um, he had asked her, you know, well, I, it came out that she doesn't beg people for money. She is literally sitting there trying to preach the gospel. Right. And if people want to give her money, they can. And and they just thought that was so great. I almost put a tear to my eye. Really? Right. really? No like I was like, wow, that was emotional. I was yeah. like, you know, that was that was good. Yeah. That's that's real faith though. Like yes. she's really like I'm out here, you know, beating the the path for God, and I'm not even asking people for money. I just have such faith, faith. that He is going to provide. I'm gonna go to sleep on this bench, and look, somebody brought money to her. It was cool because he was like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna pray for you. Can I pray for you?" She was like, "Yeah," and I'm gonna pray for you too. Right. You know what I mean? She Aww. was like, "We both gonna pray for you know." Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. And um, her feet were swollen also, and he laid his hands, and I love that he didn't even care. You know, right? He just went over there touched her feet and was just praying for her that her her, the swelling would go go Mm. down that she would be blessed Mm. that she'd have enough food to be taken care of um and 
you know, then we see somebody else walk by saying, you know, I pray for her too. We take care of her. Right. You know, we love her. And it just, it was really nice to see people who really don't know each other, but to still pray for each other and still care for each other. Uh, and, it, that's the way we got to be. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's what Dietrich says. He says, you know, this is what real ministry, this is what we got to get back to. Yeah. We got to get rid of the, the Bentleys mm-hmm. and the big houses, all this stuff, all the bling. He's like, we got to get back to ministry. Yeah. And that's part of what Jesus did. He healed people that were yes. sick, that nobody wanted to touch. Yeah. He walked and healed people. Right. Yeah. You know? And even even afterwards, oh, Dominique, Dominique is oh. like, don't touch me. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I probably would have been like, here, babe, here's some hand sanitizer. Yeah. Put that in your hand. But the fact that he did that was so awesome and amazing. And I feel like most people should, we should do that. We should not shun someone who looks mm-hmm. like they are unclean or they're poor or something. We should love them just like Christ loved them. Yes. And coming back to what I was saying earlier, I kind of believe that Dietrich is a little more humble than the other preachers. And I think it's because he doesn't have as much as them. He was taking away from what he had before. He's no longer able to preach. He doesn't have a huge church. He doesn't have everything that the other preachers Mm -hmm. have. And I kind of feel like that's what keeps him humble and still connected to what real ministry should be right right agreed all right let's move on to uh the cheneys the sexy cheneys let's Mm, call them our favorite sexy (laughs) sexy couple so Wayne Chaney um, is in a position right now where he really doesn't get much days off. They show in this episode episode one day that he has off and he invites his grandmother over right. and the family and the kids are in the backyard. Um, and his grandmother was asking him, you know, how's the church going? Now, just some backstory. Um, his grandmother and grandfather were the ones who started the church that he runs now. And it actually started in their uh, living room. Right. And there was only seven people many many years ago so so to see the church grow and to be what it is and to have her grandson take over she wants to make sure that her husband who has now passed away (coughs) is proud and when she asked him you know how's everything going and he he basically says like i'm overwhelmed i don't know if i can do this all and she's very disappointed in him and she's just like you know i don't think your grandfather who's no longer here would appreciate that yeah, she's, and she also says, like, what do you think he would do yeah. in this instance? And, of course, he says, what, get an, get an assistant, an executive pastor, mm-hmm. which I agree with. Yeah. Grandma pulled the card. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is dope. You know, pulled his man card, his preacher card. Like, what you going to do? And yeah. he, right. he explained, too, how much he loves his grandmother. And um, for the, the L.A. premiere of Preachers of L.A., which I was able to go to, I remember um, standing outside and uh, his grandmother was waiting for um, the car. And they had to go. He had to um, get his kids to bed. And he was just like, no, no, no. I got to wait here. You guys go. I got to take care of grandma Um, and like you could just see the love that he has for his granny so when he was saying in this episode like I love my granny (laughs) he really loves his granny so I think when she gave him that advice you know you need to get an executive pastor he really took it to heart and Mm. he went back to his church he got his team together and said listen I need to get somebody on the board you know somebody has to step up with me to help me out because this is just it's it's overload for me Mm. and he brings up the idea of having his wife as an executive pastor and I was very surprised that they didn't seem like they wanted a woman as a preacher you're surprised I was I was surprised why I thought they would be more open especially there were women on the board 
you think they would be open to other women preaching. I, and Maisha, you know, not only is she his wife, but she's also head of the gospel, head of um the choir. I yeah, think, the like choir. Yeah, the, the, the thing about team. it, uh, one of the members of the board, I think the the woman, the young one, mm-hmm. the youngest one, was saying, not more so. She didn't think that she could do it, but the way that the the, the congregation would they follow. Uh, a woman, as, you know what I mean, as a executive pastor or whatever. So she was talking from, I think, from the the congregation as as a whole. With mm-hmm. how would by they the way, do that? that young lady, I don't know how into reality TV shows you guys are. You guys watch, um, but she's Brandy's best friend and Brandy's old. <laughs> she is in Brandy's um reality show. Brandy had a girl best friend and a guy best friend, and that's her. I said, oh, shut your mouth. I forgot her name, though. But that is her. It is a small world. Right. It is making the band. Right. 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 Everybody up in here. No, but I agree with what you're saying. And and so I had to do a little research on this because I grew up in a place where at first we didn't have female preachers as well because Mm -hmm. of the same thing that she said, which is um, spiritually in the in the Bible. She said something to the effect of, oh, I'm. Women should not be spiritually authoritative over men. Mm-hmm. Right. And the old, uh, older woman on the board confirmed that. She said, you know, like she's a, she's a woman. There's no other men that can yeah. do this job. That was in my church too. They only, ha- they call it, um, the, the keys to the priesthood. They mm. would only let, um, uh, men. Right. The and, head of the and so I looked at this because I know from Old Testament scripture that there were women who, who were in leadership. Right. First of all, there was Miriam who was Moses and Aaron's sister. Okay. And I guess she was in leadership because she was our sister. And um, then you have Deborah, who was the only female judge in the book of Judges out of with uh, amongst 13 other judges. And she was there for maybe like 40 years. She was the judge. And this was before Israel had kings. So she literally was like the top person um, dishing out spiritual advice to people. Mm-hmm. And then you have Huldah, who was the only female prophet among male prophets in the Bible. So. I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so there are women who, these are spiritually authoritative women in leadership. Which is not a problem. Which is not a problem. However, you look in the New Testament and if you're a Christian, you fall under the new covenant, which is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So you do believe what's in the New Testament. In the New Testament, um, there's a verse, 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. And it says this, and I had to look it up because it's true. Women should learn quietly and submissively. Amen. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. For God made Adam first and afterward he made Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was a result. Mm. But women. So, yeah. So basically he's saying that the women should not have authoritative leadership over men because women being the vessel under a man. I mean, the way God has designed it is God first, the husband, the wife, the children. Right. So what he's saying in here is Mm -hmm. because of that and the woman is a is somewhat of a weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. That's why she cannot lead men spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know why God said that? Because he knows that women don't make de- uh, decisions based off of a lot of times. And, and this is my, my Watch your mouth. Say, I, be, I know. Be careful. And this be is, careful be, now, and this is what Wayne and Maisha are going to deal with. Women, you, you know, a lot of women make decisions off of emotions, off of emotions and not logic. Right. And so, I mean, so y'all be ready just to cancel something completely out just because you, you know, cause of emotions. And, and so that's why, you know what I mean? And right. I be, that's just the makeup. Okay. So then I was looking in the new Testament to see if there were any, um, 
examples of women preachers mm-hmm. and there actually aren't but however in um acts 18 through 26 there's a woman named priscilla along with her husband aquila mm-hmm. who discipled to I, I guess his name is apollos to give him the accuracy of the gospel you're making these names up <laughs> no no it's in there Aquila's aquila and priscilla yeah and so she she not she didn't necessarily have spiritual authority over him, but she did minister to the dude along with her husband. Yeah. So that kind of says something. And then in Roman Romans sixteen one, you have Phoebe. It, uh, Paul specifically states that Phoebe was a servant or a deaconess. Mm-hmm. So women could be deaconesses during the New Testament times. However, they were not allowed to be elders, and elders were the ones that were charged with teaching, mm-hmm. not deaconesses. So technically. So all that being said, technically, if you're a Christian and you follow the, the New Testament, which is um, mm-hmm. the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you if you follow that, then it is true that women should not have spiritual authority over men. However, they sh- they're allowed to teach children. They're allowed to teach other women. So then when I make the connection with Maisha Cheney, if you listen to what she says when she's talking to her husband, she says, I want to. I want to, uh, what is it? Uh, take care of you. Yeah. I want to I want to uh, be a great wife to you, great woman of God, great mother, and poor into woman. Exactly. She doesn't say anything about men. Right. So if that's what the executive, if, he, if, if they outline the executive pastor role to say just that, which is minister to women only, mm-hmm. then I feel like she should be executive yeah. pastor. But if not, I would have to agree with the board. You know, hey, you, I, I see it as being issues, man. Right. And, and, and you and you know he was very hesitant. Like, listen, I don't <laughs> want you to bring none of this at home. You know what I mean? But right. it's hard. It's, it's, I think it's going to be kind of difficult. But I, I, we, we'll see. You know, we got to pray on that. You know? And I would say they should keep doing – I mean, fine, if you want to make your wife executive pastor, cool. But I say at the moment it starts to interfere with your marriage, she should step down. Just so it doesn't mess up their marriage. That's yeah. that's first and foremost for yeah. them. Read that first part again. What that say? You know what? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? Quiet. I see that in a lot of churches, though. Um, you see the husband as the head, and then usually the wife is, you know, the executive pastor underneath them. So this is common, and mm-hmm. I still believe that having the man as the head pastor, I feel like that kind of. Uh, it gives it kind of is in accordance and alignment with the New Testament because mm-hmm. the man is still the head right. and it, it exemplifies what the home should be like what the Jesus Christ and the church relationship right. is and everything like that. So I think um I think it's going to be great for her. And I think she'll I think she'll be able to get close to him in a different way, True. you know, that she wasn't able know. to be. I don't know if it's going to be a good thing because it's hard because, you know, working with your spouse is never easy. Yeah. And it's really hard to turn it off because mm-hmm. there's times when he's going through something at church and he needs he needs an ear. So when he gets yeah. home, he's like, babe, listen to me. You know, I got to run this by you. Yeah. But if she's also part of the problem, he says that I can't treat her like any other employee. Yeah. And that's an issue because you got to be able to separate that at yeah. work. Right. I believe that if you are in a relationship, which it seems like they are, where he sees her as being equal to him. You know, kind of like that saying when, you know, woman was pulled out of the rib, mm-hmm. not above the heart to be above the man, not below to be underneath him, but from the side to be equal. I feel like if they are equal and they are one, I feel like taking on the responsibility with the church, she'll be able to alleviate some of those problems and help him out. And she, like she said, she has his best interests at heart. Right. So if anybody is going to 
you know, be passionate and care for him and take care of the things with, you know, having his intentions or, you know, what he has in mind for the church. It's going to be her. Right. I agree. Yeah. You guys out there, um, let us know what you think. Do you think it was a good move for Wayne to promote his wife as executive pastor? Or do you think that, like some of the members of the church, it should be a man who's not, who's not, um, you know, that close to them, who, who obviously is not married and to them or, yeah. And you can't forget the saying, you know, behind every strong man. Is a strong woman. Strong woman. Yes. But she just being, straight. But she's just being strong quietly and submissively. <laughs> and, and you know what's really cute is that she's crying and yeah. um she went on to oxygen.com and she blogged and she she was kind of embarrassed that she was because she was like, I look like a big baby up there and it's just like right. like she's trying to get uh, crying. Those emotions <laughs> you're talking about. No, but it's true. Women are very emo- mm-hmm. emotional, right. but that's what makes us women, that's what makes us great mm-hmm. wives, great mothers. Right. So, I don't see anything wrong I don't with see anything. it. I don't want a woman tougher than me. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's move on to Mr. Trey Elliott, who is in the yeah, building. Yeah. You guys yes, out yes, there, yes. Um, if you don't know too much about Trey, uh, if you live in the LA or other places, you've traveled yeah, and done tra- your comedy. Yeah, I've traveled a lot. Um, you mm. might have seen him online at comedy play. Uh, what is it? The, the comedy, comedy store. store, Laugh Factory, Improv. Um, you know, I've, I've been a lot of places, you know, but in LA, that's where you can see me a lot. Flappers, yeah. all the clubs here, yeah. you see me at. How long regularly. have you been doing comedy? Um, October was my 11th year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Grind. Not as long as, uh, Bishop Noel Jones was with, La- uh, dating Loretta. But, <laughs> right, right. Uh, 11 years long. I've been married to, to, to comedy. And j- just to tie it in with the show, um, Speaking of your faith, Mm -hmm. I know being in this business is very difficult. And to be at it for 11 years, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what has the role of your your faith uh, tied in with it? Man, I was just telling somebody today, I got to get home and pray. You know, I mean, you constantly just got to just talk to God. I mean, and just have faith, man, because you're dealing with so much out here in this industry that's, Mm -hmm. you know, of the devil. You know what I mean? And you just have to be strong. And, you know, we go through these different, um, like I, I tell people, like I want to sometimes go all the way in with my faith and with God, but I'm like, I'm trying to get this money first. Ah. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that a struggle for all of yeah, us? Yeah, it was just like, man. But, you know, like I said, God knows our hearts. I, I right. believe that. And I'm just trying to, you know, you know, have dignity and, and, mm-hmm. and, and just, keep my morals and keep my faith because i mean he has god has done a lot for me and i mean out here you know the struggles the struggles that people deal with i mean so the only way you know i feel as though i could get through those struggles is 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 through the man above man and he's he's taking me a long way and you know a um, lot of blessings since i've been out here even through the struggle yes um you know you got to see the blessings through the struggle and that's what i do you know what i mean um who's your favorite pastor on the show um, you know what? I don't, I'm not feeling Ron, you know, I'm not <laughs> something about Ron, man. Um, but I do like, I like Wayne. I think Wayne Chaney is pretty, uh, pretty dope, man. He's, he's, he's a cool dude. He reminds me, and it's funny because I was just at Bible study, um, last week. I go, um, 
the casting director Robbie Reed's house for Bible study. Mm-hmm. She has Bible study. Oh, I just interviewed her for the um, Best Man Holiday. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah right. that's my very good dear friend. And um, and I went last week, and um, Dondre Whitfield was speaking. If y'all know who he is, um, actor, yeah. actor, mm-hmm. yeah. And they kind of look alike. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he was speaking about his faith and in the industry and the changes that he's been going through. And, our, you know, and he asked what our purpose was. And, you know, at the end of the day, our purpose is to really serve God. You know yeah. what I mean? And through whatever way we feel as though we can do right. that. But um, and it just made me think like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm serving my purpose. Uh, you know what I mean? What a blessing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a blessing. You yeah. Know what I mean? To make people laugh. And, you know, it yeah. is. It really is a blessing to make people laugh. Um. I I think I was watching um I was watching uh some show and there was a cancer patient and she was saying how she she went through stage four cancer a lot mm-hmm. of chemotherapy and she said um, she would watch comedy movies mm-hmm. to help her get through it instead right. of focusing on the negative she would laugh to get through her struggles so I could yeah. definitely see how mm-hmm. uh, comedy can help. What made you want to be a comedian? Um, I you know I, I was just always silly class clown oh, really? <laughs> and um it was something i just kind of wanted to challenge myself it was actually a dare yeah. um 11 years ago from a co-worker at ups and so i took the dare and ran with it you know what i mean so you know comedians are like preachers preachers want to be comedians right and comedians we are a form of, of pre- like when i'm on stage i i try to teach a message yeah. give a message you know about about life very good analogy i know um joel olstein when he preaches each sermon that he does he always opens up with right. uh, a joke mm. and he he did that kind of as an icebreaker so he wouldn't be so scared but he's carried it with him for years and years right. so yeah i could definitely relate you know how mm-hmm. comedians are similar to preachers mm-hmm. um for news and gossip uh we we found we got some good stuff going on gossiping about all right, well, Meg, you got anything? Yes. Um, so Dietrich Hatton just uh, tweeted yesterday. He said, if your pastor's message is all about preachers of L.A. this Sunday, I recommend that you find another church. Preach the word and that's all. LOL. Ooh, is that a low blow it's to low T.D. Blow. Jakes? Oh, like it. Jakes came right. out like Suge Knight. Do you think he's right, though? Do you think if your pastor's preaching about preachers of L.A., you should move churches? I mean, if that's the only thing it's about, yeah. I feel like you need to be preaching from the scriptures. And I feel like... They knew they was going to get a lot of... You know, Black, yeah. I mean, hey. Now, Jay Hazlip, he had responded um, to the whole, you know, being a prosperity teach um, preacher. You yeah. know, people see him blinging and... Not everybody is, is, is okay with it. Some people have a problem. So he went on to oxygen.com and this was his response. Um, he didn't take a vow to be poor when he became a preacher. He said, um, he's not out here. Um, he's, he's not out here to live in poverty or to teach people to live in poverty. He's trying to help people come out of it. Who has an, he has an ambition to, who has an ambition to be in poverty? He wants his kids to get educated and have a nice life. Um, he should be able to send his kids off to college, just like the regular businessman. He had said that he, has not gotten a raise in the la- in the last five or six years. He has gotten the same pay, even though his churches grew mm-hmm. and he, he's done a lot of um, preaching and, and and ministry engagements. He still has the same pay. So 
That's that's what he has to say about that. You know, okay. it disturb. I'm sorry, it it disturbs me. Like I'm I'm big on that because I used to live in Atlanta. That's where I went to school. I used to go to Creflo Dollar Church. And everybody always had an issue. First of all, that the last name was Dollar. I'm like, <laughs> it ain't gonna help. Doesn't but, help, right? But they'd be like, man, you know, he all about money. All he teaches about is prosperity. Now, and I, I agree with my man right there. Mm-hmm. You can't be broke and trying to teach somebody. You know, pay your tithes because you will reap this, that, and the third, and you struggling yourself. Like, yeah. that's not a leader. So you have to lead by example. You know what I mean? So I don't see nothing wrong with a, with a pastor having luxury, anything. I mean, that's, you know, hey, let's, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah. I think there's a thin line between excess, though. And I will say that. I think some pastors, it, you can't put them all in the same group. They all can't mm. make the same amount of money and, yeah. you know, live in the same type of house. I think it's, it's, Subjective, but I will say that I do think some pastors are a little bit on the excessive side, mm-hmm. especially if you have thousands of people in your church and some people can't put food in their mouths. Yeah, now that's we have a problem issues. that I have. They're I on the streets because they can't pay their rent. Um, I think that's when something needs to change. I agree. You know, if you're really there to help people, then your congregation shouldn't be starving. And then another yeah. thing, I, you know, a lot of pastors, and I, I see why, but at first it kind of was like, what? Is that a lot of pastors have security, can't touch your pastor, you can't get to your pastor, you know what I mean? And he's just like, oh, is this Diddy or is this my, <laughs> my, my pastor right here? But then I also know that, you know, Hey, just like just a lot of people that don't like exactly like Bishop McClendon. He had some people, some death threats. Yeah, and they did that to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus still, he had his disciples, and they were security because people would try to like you know touch him and stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. And last week, um, the preachers were all on the Arsenio Hall yes. show, ooh, which ooh, was ooh, such ooh. a fun show. The preachers actually had a preach off where they had a certain amount on time, amount of time to get up and do their best sermon. Mm. Who and won? It was, it was a close call, but if I had to say anybody, um, was the winner, it was Dietrich. Okay. He's not even preaching. Exactly. Right Dietrich did a great job. McClendon did a great job. Um, and I give it to Hazlip. He was the first one up there, and um, he 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 gave it to everybody. So it was nice to see the preachers um, be able to preach on late night TV. There you mm-hmm. go. Amen. All right, let's talk about um, some predictions. All right. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay, I'll do one prediction. Go ahead, girl. Um. Wayne is supposed to be getting a tattoo next week with the hay slips, and I say go for it, and we'll find out why next week. I'll give you, girl, I got Bible for them t- tattoos. Wait, uh, <laughs> wait until next week. You'll really? be surprised what I say. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I don't mind him getting a tattoo, but I'm either. Know, better be something Christian like though. He might get Thug Life tatted on him. I mean, he might. You know, <laughs> yeah, be th- a thug for Jesus, right? Uh, you know. I think I think when you whenever you do anything in the name of Jesus, well, not anything, but I feel like if it's not hurting anybody, I feel like I don't know. I personally don't have any tattoos. I was scarred growing up in the church saying you can't harm your body. But I for me personally, I don't see there's anything wrong with it. But I do think his wife, Maisha, she kind of elaborated in um, the the sneak peek for next week. But she's not for it. And I feel like, you know, the haze lips as cool and how many tattoos they have. They're not going to change her mind. I feel like she's against it. And if her husband goes through with it, she's not going to be happy. No doubt. There we go. 
Yeah. Do you predict anything, Mr. Trey um, Elliott? Well, you know what? I'm I'm going to do my prediction on uh, on uh, Bishop Noel and Loretta. You know what I mean? I don't. Are think, they going to get married? Um, they're they're not going to get married. No get time soon, but they're going to get back together. Okay. They're okay. going to give. I don't think this break is yeah, going to last long. I at all. agree with you. I think I after agree. 16 years, their friendship ain't going nowhere, nope. and we're going nowhere. We'll be here next week, Thursday, 8 p.m. Right. Thank you for watching the after show for Preachers of LA. I'm Fallon Mercedes. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fit with Fallon, and check out fitwithfallon.com. My Isha, I don't know if you guys noticed, but in her confessionals, she looks a little thinner and she actually, she lost 20 pounds during the oh, season. Wow. So check out my site um, to learn her tips how she lost some weight. Perfect. And you can always find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Megascoop. And next week, hopefully I will not have this frog in my throat anymore. <laughs> now you can find me at Comic Trey Elliott on Twitter, Comedian Trey Elliott on Instagram and Facebook. We'll pray for you, Meg. For your Thank voice. you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lay hands. Thanks Lay so hands. much, Trey, for coming uh, on. No problem. Thanks for having opinions. me. You guys, remember, rate, subscribe, comment, and we Please. will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.